Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning's scripture is from uh, Psalm 63. Uh, But before we get into that, I'm going to say a quick word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We pray that it would uh, affect our hearts and our minds as we gather together in your name, that we would leave this place changed, more like you. Amen. So Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. To God be the glory. He said, out of the sanctuary for me. I think. Morning. I hope you guys have that much joy coming into the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. Because that's what this is about. It's not about being here to sit on a pew, uh, warming them, as uh, Dan likes to say. It's about coming to grow together, to be together, uh, learn more about the Lord. Speaking of that, uh, let's open up in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for today, for the blessing it is to be here in your sanctuary with your people. Uh, Lord, we pray that your word would speak to us, that it would affect our hearts, and that it would help us to move forward in this new year, that we would be able to set our minds and our eyes on you, and that Growing closer to you would be the foremost of our resolutions. We lift these things up in your precious name. Amen. So I named this little sermon series. I'm going to be up here for uh, this week and then the two weeks following. Uh, And I've named it 2020 Spiritual Vision. Um, I feel like so many people have been all excited about New Year's resolutions, particularly this year. It's a new decade, not just a new year. And the whole 2020 thing, uh, you know, perfect vision, right? And we're looking forward. We're looking into new things, new years. And so what are, what are some of the things you have? I have three pictures up there to represent different things that people might want to do, whether they want to go to the gym more, whether they want to start journaling, whether they want to read more books. What are some of the things you guys want to start doing this year differently? That's not a rhetorical question. Yes. You want to listen more. Listen to what? Listen to who? All right, listening more. What else? Nobody? Nobody wants to do anything differently this year than they did last year. Last year was just perfect. You've plateaued, and this is it. It's all downhill. You want to buy more power tools. Okay, I can, I, can, 
I can get behind that. Now, his wife does not seem, ah, I see, uh-huh, uh-huh. She doesn't seem so sold on that. I'm, I'm not sure. Anybody else? Do you hear something in the back? No? All right. So, for me, one of the things that I've noticed is I don't have a particularly regular routine, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but part of the problem is that has led to very irregular habits that are kind of important, like eating. There are some times where I don't have dinner until 8 o'clock at night for no particular reason other than that I don't have a schedule. And then I look at the time and I go, oh, it's 8 o'clock. That's why I'm hungry. I never ate dinner. And there are some times where I'll miss devotions because of that. And it's so dumb. I have all the time, well, not all the time in the world, but I have, I have plenty of time to do these really important things, but I don't do them because I don't have a schedule and I don't make myself organized enough to do them in any particular order. So that's, that's something that I've noticed in my life that I want to work on. I, again, don't know about you guys. But I feel like growing closer to the Lord should be something we should always be working at. It should always be part of the way we want to be focused on growing. And so I went back to a book I read in college. It was called The Celebration of Discipline. It was written in, I think, the 70s by this guy named Richard J. Foster. Uh, it's a really great book. It's not super long. Dan has a copy of it in his office that I've been borrowing to kind of review. <coughs> I didn't steal my sermon from it, but I did borrow a couple of ideas here and there. Uh, and this scripture passage was in, um, I want to say it was in the chapter on reading your Bible. If not, it was on meditating, um, on the Word, which we'll get to that later. But it was Psalm 63, and... I opened up my Bible and I read through Psalm 63 and I absolutely loved what it had to say. Verse 1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this dry and parched land where there is no water. Looking at that, I couldn't help but think about my girlfriend. I know that might seem kind of silly, but, you know, I'm young, we're in love, it's great, I love it, it's fantastic. And I don't know how many of you guys remember that back in the early days of dating and being married and things like that, but it's exciting. And you're constantly thinking about them, you constantly want to be with them, you constantly want to interact with them. But do we always feel that with God? Because that's what the psalmist is talking about right here. He's saying, my soul thirsts for you. I long to be with you day and night. My whole body longs for you. It's like an oasis in a desert when I'm with the Lord. And how often do we get that feeling? Versus how often is it, well, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I've got my coffee here. I just finished breakfast. I guess I better get in the Word before I go to work. Now, I'm not saying that that's where we're at every single day, but I feel like it can be Come just a part of our routine, not something we long to do, not something that drives us. <coughs> Sorry, I got a bit of a cough. Actually, I saw Sarah the other day. Where, where, Sarah, where'd you go? There you are, over there. Yeah, because I was at the, the little urgent care over in Harbor Creek because uh, I had a persistent cough that my girlfriend and her mom said, you need to go see somebody for, uh, which is why I was just coughing. And my chiropractor wanted me to get an x-ray. Nothing serious, just a, something I've dealt with for a while. And he's like, I want to know what it actually looks like. See a picture of it. So I saw Sarah the other day. 
She's doing a great job over at the office. Anyway, I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Now, obviously we know, going back through our Bible, that nobody has seen the full power and glory and might of God. We've seen snippets. But even Moses, when God came down and gave him the Ten Commandments, all Moses got to do was take a quick peek at his back. And his face was shining so brightly after he hung out with God that everybody said, you've got to cover that up. I can't even look at you. So he had to like wrap a scarf around his face. That was just a small snippet. Imagine his full glory. And recognizing that in the sanctuary, coming to church, coming to worship him, we can experience just a little piece of that on a regular basis. It's something that should excite us, something that should drive us. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. He's not just going and experiencing this and then leaving it as a church block, you know, hour and a half on Sunday morning and then going back and doing whatever the rest of the week. This is something that he's continually doing. He's going forward. He's praising the Lord. He's lifting his hands. It's something powerful and moving. That's something we all have the opportunity to enjoy. And I feel like it continues to build as he goes through this passage. Um, I really like the New Living Translation for this particular psalm. Um, It's not one that I use all the time, but... uh, Going through it, I felt like it was just this very active wording. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. You want to know what I lied awake meditating on this morning? Taxes. I'm not joking. I woke up at, I don't know, three in the morning. I I think I might have had to go to the bathroom. I don't even remember what woke me up, but I could not go back to sleep because I was worried about taxes. It's terrible, huh? Uh, He's right over there. No, we we walked through my budget and everything, and (coughs) I didn't quite have everything figured out, and Christmas was kind of expensive, and this is my first year having real taxes because I've never had, like, a, a real job. You know, I've had little summer jobs and things like that, but now that I you know, make enough money to pay bills. Now I have taxes, too. So, trying to sort all that out. And that's what I was worried about. That's what I was meditating on. My head was not in the right place this morning. My head was worry, 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 this, this, that. It wasn't focused on God. But that's what should be the first thing on our minds, our first priority. I've, I've heard it said, I, I don't know if it was said by anybody famous or any poet or anything, but I've heard it said that the person you love most is the one you go to bed thinking about and the one you wake up thinking about. And lying in bed, meditating on the Lord, that just seems like such a powerful and evocative image of what that looks like, to truly worship and love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. <coughs> So like I said, thirsting for God isn't something that we always necessarily do naturally. There are times when 
We lie awake thinking of taxes instead of thinking of the Lord. There are times where we are selfish or busy enough to not set aside our schedules. Again, coming back to me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not there. I don't have it all figured out. But some of the ways to help get yourself oriented in the right direction is starting by praising the Lord, recognizing the things that he has done, the things that he is doing in your life, and giving him thanks for that. The next one, lifting up your hands in prayer. If we go back those couple of verses where he talks about prayer, it's connected with praise. He's not praying, oh God, please give me this. Oh God, please take care of this. Oh God, I'm worried about my taxes. Oh God, this. He's thanking the Lord. He's saying, oh Lord, I have seen your power. I've seen your glory in your sanctuary. Thank you. And thinking on him, day and night, reflecting on the things that he's done. In order to thirst for God, we first have to be focused on him, remembering who he is, serving him through our actions, our everyday lives, and reflecting on the truth of his scriptures. So, going back to meditating um, and the whole, like, thinking on him day and night, what comes to your mind when you think of meditating? because I want to kind of play with that idea a little bit. What comes to your mind? Concentrating on one thing. I like that because it's kind of open-ended, right? On one thing. It could be, you, you could be meditating on just about anything. Being still. I like that. I think of some hippie-looking dude sitting on a beach saying, oh, that's, that's where my brain goes when I think meditating. That's not what meditating on Scripture, that's not what meditating in the Lord is supposed to look like. See, in the Eastern way of thinking, meditating is this idea of becoming one with the nothingness of everything. You just empty your mind and you're just there. But meditating on the Lord is not like that. In fact, Jesus in... Luke chapter 11 talks about when our mind and our hearts are empty. It says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. It's not about the power of positive thinking. It's not about clearing your mind of unhappy thoughts and blocking people on Facebook who post negative things or are too political and it annoys you. It's about focusing on the truth of God's scripture. Because if you just wipe your mind clean, you leave room for even worse things to come and invade. It just reminds me of the the thought, I don't know who coined the phrase, but an idle mind is the devil's playground. You don't want to just clear your mind. You don't want to just empty. It's not about becoming nothing. It's about becoming devoted to God. Jesus calls us to take his yoke upon us, not just cast our burdens down. It's not about just putting down all the negative things, all the bad things. It's not a self-help program. It's about leaning on him and growing with him. 
and hiding our problems does not solve them. We can't just play ostrich. It's easier. It's more fun. It seems to work for a little bit, but they're still there. Our problems don't just go away. And even when we pray to the Lord, he might not answer our problems the way that we want him to. And they might not go away right away. And there will still be consequences to our actions. But seeking the Lord's answers will give you his peace, which transcends all understanding, even if it's not easy. Focusing on the Lord's scripture really reminds me of this passage in Deuteronomy when he gives the people his commandments. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God didn't give the law to just give the law. It wasn't about a list of rules. It wasn't about having some sort of legal code and policing people. It was about bringing people closer to him. That's what it's always been about. And so he wanted his people to focus on them. He wanted them to always be in the word, to be talking about it, to be thinking about it, to be a part of everyday life. In a more modern day context, it kind of makes me think of all the cute little signs with, with verses that you can hang up in your home. I'm not saying that that's what you need to do, but I think it's certainly a good idea. Or I've seen, I know that at Mark's house, I've been in their kitchen and they have a little whiteboard. And on that whiteboard, they write a, uh, I think a different scripture each week. Is that how you guys do it? Gotcha. When somebody gets impassioned. So it might be there for a week, it might be there for a day, it might be there for a month. But they have a piece of scripture up there to reflect on. And they see it each and every day in their kitchen. Because I challenge you to think of a day when you don't go in your kitchen. (laughs) See? See? So, focus on Scripture. Put it in a place where you're going to see it. I've also heard of people uh, putting verses on their bedroom doors. So that before they go to bed, or, you know, before they get changed and dressed or whatever, they see it just, boom, right there. I remember a few people did that while I was at college to work on memorizing scripture and to work on just reflecting on the word of God each and every day. So there are different ways that you can do it and different things might work better for you. And I'm actually going to get to that a little bit later. Um, But it's something that we should be mindful of. We need to remember to lean on God in all things, each and every day, in the big things and the small things, Because ultimately, it's about having that relationship with him. It's about growing closer to him. It's about fostering a deeper love for him. So what about those days when you're not really in it? When your heart isn't in the right place? Those days when you didn't get enough sleep? When you're tired? When you're cranky? When somebody cut you off on the highway and you're already running late to work and then you spilled your coffee on your pants? We have those days. We do. Now, I don't have as much of a commute, so 
I have a little bit less of that, but I've, I have had mornings where I have not been in the right place walking into the office. I can promise you that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 encourages us. It says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. That can be a hard thing to do. God's Word describes the Holy Spirit as that still small voice. And sometimes it can be so easy to let it get washed away by all the white noise of society, the distractions of day-to-day life. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. It doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of time, but make sure you set aside some quiet time to think, to listen, to pray, and to get into Scripture, to meditate on His Word. Last thing I'm going to give you is just an easy tip. It might not work for everybody. I recognize that. Different devotions work for different people in different ways, and I recognize that. But one of the easier tools that we have out there is our daily bread. If you're not familiar with our daily bread, there's actually copies of the paper form on the Narthex table. Uh, I think both large print and small print. And it's a little pamphlet, and it gives you a day-by-day devotion that you can do. At the top of the page, it gives you a scripture reference. So you go, you open up your Bible, you read that. If you don't have time to read the whole scripture reference, it has a key verse that you can read typed below it. And you can read the little key verse. And then it has a little applicational thing. It was written by somebody about everyday life and how they can tie their life to this little scripture passage. And after that, it has two or three questions to just reflect on. You know, how can I live this principle out in my day today right now? And there's also an app version for those of you who are a little more uh, mobile friendly. Um, It works great. You can set an alarm so that it reminds you uh, to read at a certain time of day. Uh, Back when I was setting fences over the summer, I did that at my parents' house. It was great. I set it to 7 o'clock in the morning. I would read it as I was eating breakfast. Uh, I'd go through the little scriptural passage. I'd read the thing. I'd go through the questions, and I would often pray about it on my way to work. And it even motivates you with like, oh, you've read like 13 days in a row. Make sure you don't miss today. It's just a quick and easy way um, to stay involved in the Word and to even get reminders on those busy days, on those days when you're stressed and you're not in the right place. And it takes, maybe if it's a long Scripture passage, six minutes. It's, It's not a big chunk of time. It's not some you need to read four chapters of the Bible. But if you're into that, it also has a reading the Bible in a year thing uh, down near the bottom somewhere, and it tells you what chapters to read. Uh, It's usually, I think, three to four chapters a day uh, to read the Bible in a year. So you can track with that as well if you're looking for something a little bit more in-depth, a little bit meatier. It gives you those tools. And again, that might not be the best thing for where you're at in life. There are tons and tons of devotions out there. I was just offering this to you because it's easy, it's accessible. We have it right here, and you can walk out of the doors with it today. 
So with that, I want to encourage you. What are you doing to grow? To foster that vision? To be in the scripture and to meditate on it each and every day? <coughs> I'm going to close in prayer and invite the worship team up. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word, for your truth, for the way that it can play out in our everyday lives. God, we pray that you would impact our hearts and our minds, that you would draw us closer to you, that you would help us to feel that joy and to thirst for you, that we would want to be in your scriptures and meditating on your word day and night as we lie awake in bed, that we would focus on you instead of the things that are temporary like taxes, and that we would be able to enjoy that presence, that communion with you, and that, Lord, if anyone doesn't have a relationship, they don't know you in that way, that they're not quite drawn to you yet because they haven't met you. We pray that their hearts and their minds would be open and that they would be willing to talk. We lift these things up in your precious and heavenly name. Amen.